Then the men set out from there, and they looked down toward Sodom, and Abram went with them to set them on their way. He didn't go all the way with them. He was just saying, come on out, guys, walking them out the door, walking them down the street, maybe just a little bit, uh, seeing them on their way. And the Lord was with him just for a little bit. And I want you to know, this is kind of what we see in movies about what you're fixing to say. Have you ever seen a movie where all of a sudden somebody's acting and all of a sudden they, they, their thoughts come alive and they look at the camera, remember what I'm talking about? And they begin to tell you things. For some reason, the writer, through the, through the act of the Holy Spirit, telling them to give us a little insight to what God's thinking. So the narrative all of a sudden is like God's looking at the camera, walk with, walking with Abraham, and he's saying this. You with me? And here's what he says. He says, the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham? So they're walking, and it's almost like those movies where they go, shall I say to Abraham, looking at, the, uh, looking at that camera, should I say to Abraham what I'm about to do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. You've got to remember, he knew how it would affect Abraham because who lived down there? Lot. Lot lived down there. Lot was family. Lot and his wife lived down there. Lot and his wife had two daughters, right? And Lot and his wife had two daughters that were soon to be married to two son-in-laws, right? And then they had some servants and maybe some other family members. So now he's thinking about them. You're going to see this come into action. And it says, For I have chosen him that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice, so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised to him. And what he had promised to him, what? He promised him that Sarah would have a baby. The babies were named Isaac. Isaac would set the seed that would soon, down the lineage, become Jesus Christ and have him crucified for our life. He said, this has got to happen. Remember when you read the Old Testament, you've got to keep that in mind, that it's a story of redemption, not a story of God just taking out everybody. It's a story of knowing that people are, are bad, but there's a wrath upon them. Judgment has to happen. But also, listen, righteousness came for everyone through Christ. Christ would have not come without this seed, without this promise. So he knew that it would affect uh, Abraham uh, in, in, a, in a bad way. He said, then the Lord said, because of the outcry. Now that outcry, see, you have to understand, those are people. That means there's good people down in that region, down in the valley. He said, the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and their sin is very grave. He did not name what sin, right? We took the words out of God's mouth and said, this is the sin he's talking about. He simply said sin. He said, the sin is very grave. And I'll go down to see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry that has come to me. So God heard the cries of the people that were good people down there that were trying to live among it. Watch this. Lot was one of them, but Lot got caught up in the city, and he was okay with all this. He never stood up for it. His righteousness, listen, you're about to see this. The fact that he even walked out of that city alive was based on Abraham's righteousness, not his because he was lost in that sin as well. He may have not been involved in the sinful nature, but he allowed it to happen. He never spoke against it. And it says that there was an outcry. So that God heard the outcry of the people. And he said, that, that has come to me. And if not, I will know. So he went down there. So the men turned from there and they went towards Sodom. But Abraham still stood before the Lord. So the men that go down, right? All of a sudden, to him, they were men. There's a message in this. But then all of a sudden, to Lot... 
it reveals to us that they're angels. We know those men. Some people see them as two different people. I really don't because as the writer writes, it's just very clear that these same two men were the ones that continued down uh, to uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. It says this, and then Abraham drew near and said, will you indeed, now watch Abraham. He walks in and says, will you indeed sweep away the righteousness with the wicked? What a question. God, you're, you're going to kill everybody, even the good ones down there, because of all the wicked ones? You're going to do that? You know what he's thinking of? He's thinking of Lot. He's thinking of, of Lot. And maybe some friends that are down there. He said, hey, hey, suppose there are 50 righteous within the city. Will you then sweep away the place and not spare it for the 50 righteous who are in it? And God just loved. God just going, oh, I see what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Look at this. He said, far be it from you to do such a thing. Right? To put the righteous to death with the wicked. Why? So that the righteous fare as the wicked. Far be that from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? Oh, my goodness. I've read this. I can't tell you how many times. Right there is this. So it shows you there's judgment that has to be taken care of, but the righteousness. This is a picture. Watch this. This is just a a picture of what Jesus did for all mankind. That he took Jesus, what was righteous, and he took on all the wickedness. Right? Right? That was a judgment. Remember, it says that God took on all the wrath. That's why Paul said, we are no no longer under the wrath of God. That's why I don't like preaching about the wrath of God to righteous people, because I am no longer under the wrath. But then the wrath and the judgment of God was over all those people. But what God was saying is, yes, just like Christ, that there's the righteous that will die and take on all the wickedness right here. There will be righteous people die, but I will, they will spend eternity with me, but they're among the wicked, right? Isn't that us? We are righteous because Christ makes us righteous, and we live among a wicked world. That's who we are. And you, you can't change that. I think it was a beautiful picture. So when people go, man, that's just God's judgment coming down. I wish he'd do it again. Be careful. Because if you pray that prayer over a city or over a home, I guarantee you. Listen, my family was wicked. I wasn't. I came to know Christ when I was 14. They still lived wicked, wicked lives. And if somebody would have said that family's useless and taken all of us out, or prayed God would just burn up the home, all of us alive, I would have died. And I would have spent eternity in heaven because Christ covered that wickedness. If you're with me, say, oh, yeah. We need to be very careful uh, that we understand it's about redemption in the Old Testament. Then it says this, and the Lord said, if I, find, if I find at Sodom 50 righteous in the city, he said, I'll spare the whole place for their sake. So then all of a sudden he starts talking them down, doesn't he? If you read this story, I'm not going to do all of it. I'll bring you to the point. And he said, well, I tell you what, uh, how about 40 God goes, okay, I'll do it. Well, far be it for me to speak up to you, God, but how about 30? How 
about 25? Okay, how about 10? I believe he was thinking that if he does 10, then that's Lot, his wife, two daughters, the two son-in-laws, and there's got to be three slaves or something that are pretty good. We're covered. He was fighting for them. I think if I were to put myself in any of these categories, everybody look at me. You're about to hear your pastor's heart. I'm going to be Abraham fighting for the ones that I just don't want to die. And to me, I don't want anybody out there to die without Christ. That's why we've got to tell people about them. I don't want our neighbor to die without Christ. I don't want our neighbors. I don't want the people that you work with. Oh, God, if you'll just kind of, everybody says, oh, God, come back quickly. I'm opposite. Oh, God, hold your wrath. Don't come back yet. Let us tell more. Let us meet more. Let us meet more people, needs. Let us show people the love of Christ. People say, why do you want to grow? I like to be in a small church because when we're growing, guys, that means we're reaching people. That means we're going out, we're getting people. That's why I like growing. I want to meet people's needs. Man, I'd do anything for the 10 or for the 15. Would, Would you? And sometimes we give up on people. Look at this. And it says, and he said, oh, let, let not the Lord be angry. He brought him down. He says, and I'll speak again, but this once. He brought him down to 10. For the sake of 10, I'll, I'll not destroy it. So I want you to know this is one of the points that I believe we get from this. Our righteousness through Christ affects others. Nobody look at me. This is not arrogant. This is not me being prideful. This is me believing that God birthed me, put me on this earth, and he has, a, he has a reason for me being on this earth. And I would be a fool if I didn't tell you for the last, since really for the last, since I was 19, really starting to understand that God has not used me to affect people's lives. That it's his righteousness. It's his heart in me. You want that, don't you? And so the people that I counsel, the people that... Uh, I speak to the camps that I speak at every Sunday when I come here. I'm hoping, I'm believing that even on my worst day, God is at his best because we read scripture. And somebody in the room will be affected because I choose to be righteous under understanding what Christ did for me. And you ought to hope the same. Your righteousness will affect other people. Your righteousness will affect people that you come in contact with. Lot lived because of the righteousness of Abraham. There have been marriages that I prayed would not end because I just wanted them to know the righteousness of Christ. And they did. But I'll tell you what, guys, there are some that I prayed for so hard. It's one of the most difficult things to do that when you tell somebody and you love somebody and you counsel somebody, I'm I'm just being vulnerable with you. The pain you take away when they don't make it it is awful. It really is. And some people go, oh, buck it up, Pat. It's part of life. I'm going to tell you something. It's part of life in this ministry that I don't like. When one runs from the Lord, when one doesn't walk toward Christ, when one decides to keep pressing that addiction bucket button that they keep on pressing it, I lay in bed at night just say, oh, God, please let people come around to you. Your life should be the same way. You should lay your your head 
in the bed at night and pray for your family members and pray for the people that make you mad that you want to reach, that are evil, that are mean. If you're with me, say, oh, yeah. And I'm telling you, it's the heart of God. So see, what everybody looks at this and they see nothing but God getting on Sodom and Gomorrah. Man, it's God teaching people how to have his heart is what it is. It's Abraham learning and fighting. So I want you to know your righteousness affects how you live your life is going to affect other people. We don't like that, do that. Stars, they go, well, this is my life. I'm going, man, you wouldn't have that life if there were people who didn't pay to go see the movies. You are setting an example. Sports figures that say, ah, I'm just playing a game. No, you are not. You're an example. But guess what? this. Even if you, sick, if you work at the checkout line, you're setting an example. If you work in a plant, you set an example. Right? If you're retired and you're out there on the golf course, you're setting an example. Look, secondly, I want you to know, go ahead and ask God the tough questions. Abraham asked a tough question. I love it because each time he asked, he always kind of said the same thing but in a different way. Well, far be it from me. Well, you know, I really shouldn't ask you. I know that, but God's going to ask away. Guys, ask your questions. Make your statements to God. He knows your thoughts already. I keep telling you over and over. If you haven't done it, go read Psalm 139 over and over again, and you'll find he knows everything on your tongue before you speak it. He knows what you're going to say. He knows what you're thinking. He hymns you in before and after. He's with you all the time. He can see everything. Why not ask him? And he asks him. Go and ask the tough questions. Ask him. Make those statements. God, I know that you're in charge, but good night. I tell him that. I know you're in charge. I know you know everything, but good night. Can't you just take care of this? And God's going, I am. There's about eight or nine people that are in the midst of that tragedy that they're going to do miraculous things for my glory. That's, that's just this faith. Now, here's what we see. Now, the two angels, that's where it changed. The two angels came down to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting at the gate of Sodom. And look what he did. And when Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and bowed himself with his face to the earth. I'm not going to read the rest of it, but did you understand? See, he just did the same thing. We see him walk through. We'll skip some of those verses. He did the same things because that is what you do with strangers as they come in. And this is where he said, let me, I, I respect you. I'm bound down to you. Let me cook some food for me for you. Come into my house. And then they said, no, no, no. If some of you've read it already, which I hope you're reading through Genesis. And then they said, they said well, no, we're going to go down. We're going to go down to the town square. And all of a sudden, Lot's going, ooh, you don't want to go down to the town square. Okay? So many of us have been to New Orleans, Okay? There's certain times in New Orleans you don't want to go down to the square. Everybody understand? If you've ever been there, you don't want to go to the square. When you go to Amsterdam, you go during the day, but at night, you don't want to go down to the square. So if they try to take you there, stop at the edge where all the french fry stands are, have some french fries, and come back tomorrow morning because it's not good. And uh, this is it. They said, we're going to go down to the square. And Lot knew how bad it was. He may have not been living it, but he knew. And he goes, no, 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 no. Hey, 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 no, no. Y'all need to come to the house. Don't go down the square. You don't know this city. And they're just thinking, we know this city more than you know this city. We're going to have to do some things in this city because your righteousness is not coming forth. In fact, you're going to be able to walk out of this city because of the righteousness of Abraham. 
because of his heart. And so they talk him out of it, and then that's where the men come in and go, hey, we want, we want to have relations with these men. Bring them outside, and there's where we get that this is all about homosexuality. But I want you to remember what God said. He said the sin. Look at this. He said about himself with his face to the earth, and then it says uh, this. I want you to understand that these are God's messengers. Here's what I want you to learn. You could be talking to God's messengers. God's messengers are his angels. You guys, look at this. I'm not, I'm not weird. I don't believe everything's when in doubt, cast it out. And some of you, I'm not making fun. I'm just going, there are people that go, oh, we ought to. I remember youth ministry. We'd have these big rallies. Have 15, 1,600 kids in, and people would say, we've got to touch every chair. And, and I, I said, y'all can do that if you want to, but I'm just going to sit here. I don't have to touch every chair. God can do his own work. That's how powerful God is, Right? I'm not making fun of it. You can touch your chair, but I'll tell you whether or not we touch those chairs or whether or not, it's I can stand in the middle of the room and God will do powerful things if I just ask him. It's not bad. It's just that's what I believe. But there are, there are messengers that are all around us. There are angels. So I'm not one of these guys that believes all this weird stuff, but I do believe there are angels. And if you don't, you have probably entertained them and you didn't even know is what the Bible says. I want you to know there are some times that you are entertaining angels. An angel can be somebody who holds a sign on the corner. And we immediately go, gosh, I wish they'd get a job. But the person next to you says, you don't know anything about their life. And the angel said, I've done my job. I wanted you to see this sign. God wanted you to hear that word. Because, guys, here's the deal. You, you know how many times I deal with people that come down here? We, I could show you the cameras, even the staff notes. There's people walking along here from these hotels on the side. They've got a homeless community you can look at over in that field across the street behind the bank. There's all sorts of homeless people, and there are some people that are truly homeless, and they're having a rough go, or some people that had an addiction. And I'm very leery. After all these years of doing this, I hear, when I hear the story three times from three different people, I'm going, yeah, that's a lie. I'm, I'm not taking advantage of. I don't take your money and just give it away easily. But there are some people that desperately need our help. And I believe sometimes when, when people walk up and ring that doorbell, and I look at them and I think, here's what I think. Lord, give me wisdom. But always in the back of my mind, is that one of your angels? Are you giving me a test? I don't know, Right? Y'all could have gone through a checkout line, and there could have been an angel checking you out. Not checking you out, but checking you out. <laughs> hey, look at you. So you have this angel checking you out, and they say something to you, or you have a heart for them because they tell you a story, and then you walk away praying for them. And that angel's going, boom, I'm gone, but I just got, God got what he wanted. Listen, the scripture tells us this in Hebrews, keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters, and don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. You know, I pray for my girls. I told you over and over. I prayed for my girls for years, and I still pray for them. I do. I prayed, oh, Lord, let them always be seen with physical people that were angels. And angels don't have the, they can look like humans. Don't you know that? It's not, oh, I saw an angel with wings and a big halo. That would freak me out. I'd go, man, that's Christmas, okay? That's a Christmas angel. But here's the thing. 
The angels that have this there, they're, they're, they're dressed normally. And if we, if we deny that, we deny the word of God. So there are angels that have come into your life, and you may not even know it, and they're speaking to you. They're speaking, and you're going, where did that person go? I just talked to somebody. They gave you advice. They gave you, they gave you the direction. You're going, they were right there. And I prayed for my daughters that angels would always be seen in human form and that they would be very large men that were always with my daughters. And now I pray it for my daughter when she's walking. Both my daughters, one of them's in Houston. I pray for three large men for her. Even for Emily, who's here with, with, uh, uh, with Ephraim, my grandson, I pray. If daddy's not there, let them be seen. Because there's predators out there. You never know who you're entertaining. Again, I'm not weird. I was at a camp one time. I shared this story years ago. I'll share it again. And uh, it was a camp where it was, we did three camps. It was like, it was like a thousand kids would come in on, at, 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 at three and they would leave on Friday at, 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 at 10 in the morning and then another thousand would come in at three and then they, you know, we just did three camps in a row. And so I got to know the camp staff very well and we, we would hang out together. In between, and one of the girls uh, was a college student or an older college student working on her master's. And as we would talk, and you know, they, they call you the camp pastor, and so everybody asks you questions. And, and, and so all these young people are there, and this one, one girl is just desperate to be married. She can't find somebody. She keeps dating the wrong guys, and she's just lonely. And her friends are getting married around her, and she just was down. And I was constantly trying to help her, and so were her friends, just to stay up. And it was the second week, at the end of the second week for the last camp. And uh, we all went to Sonic afterward, because that's the only thing that's open in Lone Star, Texas. So we went to Sonic, and we, we came back, and it was about 12, 12, 12 15. And uh, we saw her on the steps leading up to the lodge where we were staying. And so we, we parked over here and walked around past her, looking down at her. And she was talking with two people, and somebody said, there's five of us. Five of us. And they said... Uh, they said, who's that? And I go, I don't know. It could be some friends that came in to visit her. And we set up under the porch with her sitting from me to the door with those two people. We're eating. We're talking. We're wondering. And then all of a sudden, she steps up. And we look, and she, we can hear her walking. She steps up. We, we can see it. And we're going, somebody said, where are those guys? And I said, I don't know. Maybe they left. I didn't see them. I was eating. And as, they, as she was coming, one of them said, Hey, who were those people? She goes, what people? Because I'm not crazy. But I'm also not, ooh. But guys, I'm telling you. Somebody said, the guys, the two guys that were beside you. And she goes, there was nobody beside me. I was sitting there. And and she said, I wondered why y'all didn't come up. But then I'm glad y'all didn't because I was really having a great time with the Lord. And I was just telling him how lonely I was, and how I want to trust in him. And she said, you know, I physically, almost physically felt these arms around me, and I felt whispers in my ear that told me, and she goes, I'm fine, but there was nobody there. Well, you know what happens on points like that, guys? You know who everybody looks at? The pastor. Because I'm supposed to explain that. Right, everybody goes, and I'm going, what? And, they, and one of them, young college student said, well, what do you do with that? And I looked at her and I said, okay, I need, you to, I need to ask you something. Tell me the truth. And she goes, Pat, there was nobody. I, I, there was nobody. 
She said, y'all saw, y'all saw people with me. And then somebody said, so how do you explain that, pastor? And I said, you entertained angels and you were unaware of it. So this day, I believe that those two angels sat and comforted her through God. So don't ever think that God can't comfort you. Don't ever wonder where that person went or just shows up at right the time and you don't even know who they are. I want you to know these angels came and that's what they that's what they were being. So I think we can learn something. They were being ministered to. Now, if you're with me, say, oh, yeah. All right, I'm almost done. I'm going to go fast. And then the men said to Lot, have you anyone else here? Sons-in-law, sons, daughters, or anyone uh, you have in the city, bringing them out, to, out of this place, righteousness of Abraham, for we are about to destroy this place because the outcry against its people has become great before the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. We're about to take it out. Look, so Lot went up and said to his sons-in-law, this tells you a little bit about the character and integrity of Lot and how, uh, how he did not live his life of righteousness. He, daughters, he says, up. He said, get up, up, get out of this place, for the Lord is about to destroy the city. But he seemed to his sons-in-laws to be jesting. They said, oh, you're right. Who are you to tell us how bad this is? You live among it, too. You never said anything else before. As morning dawned, the angels urged Lot, saying, up, take your wife and your two daughters, who are here, lest you be swept away in the punishment of the city. But he lingered. Oh, my goodness. There's a message right there. But he lingered. So the men, the angels, seized him and his wife and his two daughters by the hand, and the Lord being merciful to him. And they brought him out, and they set him outside the city. Listen, that's another thing we need to understand. Move when God says move. Don't linger. Some of you, me included, I can be guilty of this. Don't you linger in that sin. Don't you linger in the relationship. Don't you linger when God tells you through other people you need to get out. Don't you linger and listen to the conversation when you know it's wrong. You with me? Listen, don't linger. But be thankful that when we do linger, the mercy of God is always, always with us. Look, it says, as they brought them out, no one, uh, as they brought them out, one said, escape for your life. Do not look back or stop anyone. Very direct. Give the directions. Don't look back or stop anyone in the valley. Anywhere in the valley, escape to the hills, lest you be swept away. And that's where Lot said, and we'll pass by it. Lot said, listen, uh, let me just, if I go out to the hills, I'm going to die in the process that's happening. Let us go down to that small city. He said, you head on down to that small city. And I, I love this quote. I couldn't figure out who said it, but that's, this is a picture of Lot. I love this quote. If you put white gloves on a child and send him out to play in the mud, he'll return with muddy gloves. The mud never gets gloves on them. Right? You'll never see glovey mud. Isn't that a great? I don't know who wrote it, but that's good. And a lot of us, when we get out in the world, we got to be careful because, look, we live in this wicked world. It's we have to make the world a little glovey, but we're going to get muddy, right? That's what happened to Lot. Lot, man, had a lot of mud on him. He didn't live the life that God wanted him to live. And then the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah and sulfur and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And then it says this, and he overthrew these cities and all the valley and all the inhabitants of the cities and what grew on the ground. But Lot's wife, behind him, she looked she looked back and she became a pillar of salt. Can you imagine? Oh, there's a great lesson in that is that even, uh, even now, there are consequences for our actions. That's what I wanted to close with. There's consequences for your action. There was a consequence for her actions. 
Listen, I've talked to people that, that come to know the Lord, and then they go to jail, and they say, why did, why did the Lord do this to me? And I'm going, no, 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 no. You're going to receive your grace behind bars, but you still got to pay the price for what's happened. All of us are going to do that. You can make some mistake and say something. It'll come back to you. There'll be consequences for your actions. And that's what this is. They said, don't do this. And there was consequences for her actions. And Abraham went early in the morning in a place where he had stood before the Lord. Look, and he looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the valley. And he looked, and behold, the smoke of the land went up like smoke in a, in a forest. That's what, that's what most people remember right there. That's what taught in most, most pulpits. That's, they think that that's the point, but it's not. That is not the point. Look, as you read the Old Testament, remember, it's all about the seed promised to Abraham that would come in the form of Christ. So you say, what do I do? What do I do through this process? I love what Charles Swindoll said. I want you to leave, this with, leave you with this quote, and then we'll pray and go. Slow down. Learn to wait on God. Deliberately devote yourself, listen to this, to walking with him instead of making decisions and then expecting him to ratify your choices. Let him be your advocate. Let him remove your anxiety as you lean on him for everything. Surrender to him uh, control over every matter. You have very little control over them anyway. Right? The people down in Sodom and Gomorrah that were righteous, that died that day, they just had to lean on their prayers. And their prayers worked. They were a part of it, but they are in glory with the Father. And while you wait for things to be answered, that's a great quote. Just wait. You don't control as much as you and I think we control, do we? God is still in charge. And he's not the God that's just going to bring down fire and brimstone. He's the God that planted the seed that would one day save us all. And I am under the grace and the mercy of God. If you know Christ, so are you. That's a good thing. That's what he wants us. And his redemptive nature was seen throughout the whole Old Testament. Well, I want you to have a good week. So just remember, lean on the Lord this week. All right? Don't linger in places you don't need to linger. Right? Beware that you could entertain angels. Right? Do what God asks you. Do it fast. And know that you still have to pay for the consequences of your actions. Somehow it's going to happen. It doesn't mean God is bad. It means God is good, right?